Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Insider, a podcast that will help you succeed in every creative field. Today, it's the seventh episode, the magic number. Uh, we had to have some technical issues in the beginning of the week, but finally, the episode is out. Um, the topic of the today episode is what are the opportunities and challenges while moving abroad for following your dreams? And we will be discussing that with Desiree Bambinek. Enjoy this episode. Hello everybody, so we're finally recording the seventh episode after a few technical problems on the weekend and today we have a first guest which is Desiree Bambinek, which happens to be my girlfriend, but it's not the reason why she's on the podcast. So Desiree, you can introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Glad to be part of the process. <laughs> so the topic of the today episode will be how to move abroad. So when I came up with the idea about making the episode about this topic... I shared with you and then I realized you are also very experienced in the field of moving around so you can (laughs) tell us a little bit more about where have you lived so far and what is your international experience yeah um, well I'm a um, metropolitan hopper you could call it that I grew up in the States and in France Um, I was born in America with German parents, so I grew up in two cultures there already and went to up to fifth grade in in France, and we ended up moving every two to three years. And I kind of (laughs) continued, continued that whole process up through my career, Um, then going to Germany, from Germany to the States again, coming back to Germany, moving around a lot within the country, and yeah, so it's um, it's been quite an international journey, actually. So when when was the last time you switched countries? That was in 2015. I came. Um, I was in Seattle for one year, and then I came back to Germany and to Düsseldorf. Sounds very interesting. And for the people who are listening, I don't know the story about the moving around in detail, so I'm gonna. Um, learn something new today too Uh, so the idea it's that we try to explain to the people what is um, what are like the difficulties what are the challenges you have when you're moving um, in different countries so I guess when you were a kid your parents were taking um, they were taking care of the annoying part of the moving around setting up new flat documents and stuff like this but um, how did you decide to move? So you moved from Germany to Seattle? Yeah. And how did you decide to move exactly to Seattle? Well, um, to explain that, I first have to say that I'm a very, I, I'm a risk taker. That's important to know. And um, I, I like doing new stuff and experiencing new cultures and new places. 
So how I decided was that basically I thought, well, I want to go back home, which is the States for me. And I didn't want to go to one of the places I had already been or grown up in. And I'd always wanted to go to Seattle. So that's basically how I picked Seattle. <laughs> and and um, how did you, because for example, I moved to Germany as a student, as you know. And for me, it was easier because when you're taking part in a program like the Erasmus program, um, you are supported a lot from the organization of the program and from the university. So, for example, they take care of, of finding for you um, a place to go, like a room. Um, they give you a buddy. Like a buddy means there is local. there are local students that join the program just to have some credits at the university for their studies and they help you with managing doing the paperwork when you arrive in the country and they show you around where you can buy things they show you around basically everything you need to survive and how how was the process when you were going to seattle so let you say you pick on the map seattle and how do you how did you start how did you go there how well i um i Originally went on on a first vacation in September um, to to check out the place. I was there for two weeks, I think, and I went with a friend, and we lived with friends. So we had one couple that we knew, and um, that's basically that's where I, where I fell in love with Seattle. Um, when I went there, I was in the middle of my career, so I had already worked a few years, so I, I wasn't able to profit from having, you know, a safety net like the university can give you, which is a really great opportunity for, for um, young professionals or for students to really, you know, have that, you know, sort of like safety cocoon around you. I didn't have that. I only had my friends and the knowledge that I had from being an American and always having one foot in the States um, from the news and, and the community that is um, the expat community internationally. And so after my vacation, um, I came back to Germany and I was like, well, it's time to just go there. You're just going to do it. And basically I decided within four months to move there. And um, I stayed with my friends at the beginning. They were awesome enough to, you know, the good old American home is always, <laughs> is always open to people. So I stayed there for four weeks before finding a place. But I basically had to find my way through everything on my own. I had never worked in the States before, so that was the first challenge. Um, I knew the culture, but I had never really worked there. I was never employed there. So first thing was how, how was I going to earn money? Then the second thing was Americans are very open, but if you want to do business with them, it's sort of like, well, you come from Europe. Hmm. <laughs> so that's far away <laughs> but but before when, be, before going did you have in your head like some sort of um i don't know a deadline to you to set settle settle down like um maybe a budget for five months six months or yeah i um i had a budget for a year so theoretically i could have done a year sabbatical and not worked at all but i didn't plan on doing that but i had a budget for a year and that's i think that's very important if you do move abroad even if you have the support from university or family somewhere else that you have enough budget to sustain yourself and um you said you you know the american culture 
but you wanted to do business with the people. So what was your um, plan? What was what did you start doing in the US? What was did you have your own business? Do you wanted to start up there or? I'd always um, think that um, thought about going solo. So I actually started my first business in the States. So I didn't even start it on turf that I knew, which was German business culture. But I started it on turf I didn't know, which was American business culture. And I knew that when I'd go over there, I didn't want to be employed, even though that wouldn't have been a problem because I, I'm a native um, citizen. But I wanted to build my own my own business and I wanted to actually do it within the first three years. So, but we, we're, the podcast is called Creative Insider. So you are a very particular kind of creative. So you can tell the listeners what, what is your field of, of work? I'm what you call a creative brand strategist. So, um, I, I do, um, brand strategy with, um, and I connected with business strategy and that is also a very creative field because you have to understand what makes brands unique and how to make them shine. So so now to connect um, the topic of business and the topic of moving abroad, because the intention is to help creatives to understand um, better what are the opportunities in the creative field. So for example, when I moved here, uh, there there is in the architectural field, there is a certain um, difference in the approach of architecture Uh, for example, between Italy and between Germany. So, for example, in Italy, of course, uh, it's more important uh, the design part. So we say, okay, we, we need a cool building and um, we need it to be attractive and we need to invest a lot in, in a concept, in a design that's um, fascinating. And in Germany, it's uh, always, um, yeah, you could do a cool design, but it's very important that you build it in a good way. So when you moved um, from Germany to the US, did you see any difference in the um, your in your field that you needed to adapt to? Um, yes, um, Americans. Um, so the field in general is anything that has to do with brand and business development. So marketing, communications, um, business strategy and business development in general. And the main differences was the way that business was done. Um, and in two fields, especially the first field, how do I get clients? So the whole new business process about winning clients. The whole sales process is completely different in the States than um, in Germany, but also in the term of what kind of client relationship your clients have with you. What kind of documents do they expect? What kind of, um, what kind of frequency of talk, calling and talking to them um, do they expect? Um, let, let me give one brief example. In Germany, it's very much a culture a business culture about you really need to give me a very concrete added value that I can use immediately for a meeting to be worth it. In America, it's more like, let's go have a coffee. Let's brainstorm a few things. Let's pick each other's minds. Let's, let's really create a sort of deeper business relationship. And then our work relationship will become more um, more profitable for, for both sides. So it's a different approach. You have to invest more time in the relationship building from a 
one-on-one -on -one perspective in America and Ger and in Germany, it's more from a, what do I, what are you going to give me perspective? So it's a different approach. And um, did you need to adapt a lot to this? Did you need to change your um, approach to hooking clients? So you basically needed to be a little different, right? Well, I've always been an American at heart in the way I do business. And I, I, I realized while I was in the States that the, what made me different in Germany was that American side of me. So I didn't have to adapt that much because I'm very much of a people person anyway and about connecting on, on that kind of level. I did have to drink a lot more coffee <laughs> and eat a lot more muffins on those new business meetings. <laughs> well, by knowing you, I know that coffee wasn't a problem for you. You can yeah. you can drink quite a lot of coffee and me too. So that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. But, um, how is also, because moving, like people are very, very excited to move to another country, um, most of the times, because I think, um, creatives especially are adventurous. They, yeah. they like to discover, to be, to be creative, to experience new, um, new things. And, um, but nobody thinks about um, another side effect. For example, you, you when you move to another country, of course, you have this all new set of opportunities, but you're leaving behind people that you already um, are friends with, that um, you are family with. So um, how, how, how was it? Do you have a different approach when you move to a country and... You know that you don't know how long you're gonna stay there, or how do you deal with this? Because mm -hmm. I'm sometimes also homesick, and even though we usually we have flights, not now. <laughs> yeah, that's you you can go that's... home, and when you're in another continent, it's a little different. So what what can you say about this? Well, I think you're right. There's 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 a, an emotional aspect to it and then there's an organizational aspect to it. And the emotional aspect is you are leaving your, your home turf. You are leaving your safety zone. You're leaving your comfort zone. You're leaving your loved ones, your friends, basically everything that sustains you because creatives need a certain adventure um, aspect. Um, I think to, to get awesome ideas, no matter if it's a building or if it's a banner um, in, 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 in brand design. But I think also that the safety aspect is very important too. Um, and that emotional thing, that's actually one of the reasons why I came back earlier. I was actually planning on staying five years. And F, um, my grandmother lives in Erlangen um, in Bavaria in Germany. And um, she missed me a lot. And um, she she's she was at an age where she didn't understand the time zone difference anymore and she couldn't america was like mars for her so it was too far away and um that's actually why i came back after a year because it was too difficult for her to phone um, even though i wrote letters and sent pictures and everything and called her once a week via skype for phone but it was just um it was just too difficult for her to have one of the family members so far away um so late um, in her life. And, um, in the end, I'm glad I came back because she actually passed, um, one or two years ago. So. 
Um, yeah. um, I know that so. story. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, this is something that people need to know that they they. For example, um, I had my my granddad passing away while it was in Italy, and he was in Bulgaria, and accidentally it happened that my that was the dad of my dad. So my dad was that weekend in Bulgaria, and I remember a Monday he called me. And he said, well, I'm not, not coming back because I need to stay longer. So these are also things that you need to put in consideration when you're moving abroad. Like there, are, there is a lot of cool things that you're going to experience. You're going to have these awesome um, adventures. But there are also you need to take in consideration that you're um, leaving the, those people and your decision affects other people too, not only yourself. Yeah, and I think you, I mean, before it happens, it all sounds so romantic and adventurous and awesome and, you know, courageous. And after you've moved abroad, after a while, you also think back on it and say like, oh, that was such an awesome time. But a lot of people don't realize that it's tough. I mean, you're not only not with your friends, but um, you're in a completely different culture. And I don't, mean Europe versus China, for example. Even Italian culture and German culture, they're almost neighbors. That culture is completely different. So you have to really have the nerves, the patience, the patience with yourself as well, and the patience with the new people around you, of course, too, to um, to go through those tough times. Then it's tough from an organizational aspect, too. You have completely new laws. I mean, we're talking about working abroad. There are different... Um, employment laws there are different employment possibilities it's what a lot of podcasts and youtube videos and and sort of like books forget to mention okay have you done your research what can you earn what are the taxes like what is employment security like um what is um what is uh the healthcare system like all these aspects makes it very intense as well because Like I said, you're, you're not in your comfort bubble anymore and it takes a while for that comfort bubble for you to establish that in a new country. Yeah, so you, you touched some topics that I also experienced myself. Um, regarding the laws, um, I guess for you was um, a little easier at least to understand what are the laws because you knew English, uh, you're a native. Uh, yeah, it's but even harder if you don't, If you're not fluent in the language, I yeah, mean, so you have for to consider that too. <laughs> for example, when I came here, I didn't know to repeat where my uh, address was because it was these German long names. Um, and, um, and for example, I can tell also another story because um, for the people who are thinking about moving abroad, maybe very important uh, because when you're a young person that has no experience in the working um, industry or with work in general um, and you haven't taken care of any taxes so far or yeah tax returns um, before you for example I had a really tricky situation because I was a student so I was still resident in Italy but I was working in Germany so I got in this very tricky double taxation situation um, which was just because I couldn't find um and uh, the, the right experts in the field to help me. And after a long battle, I figured out not to pay a bunch of money back in Italy. Um, so for the people who are moving around, I would suggest to, uh, when you leave a country, be sure that you're leaving the country um, on the tax return. 
side too. So you need to um, declare that you're leaving the country. Yeah, and keep all documentation. <laughs> Very uh, important yeah. too. <laughs> and um, you said the culture impact. Um, I mean, in Europe, probably we have the more uh, vari- variation of cultures in such a small distance. Like, for example, when I came to Germany, again, I was lucky because um, I was taken care from the local university. You have this all infrastructure that kind of helps you. So I got, for example, a paper I will never forget with um, the German the German cultural um, high highlights. So, for example, I don't know, difference was that um, in Germany you have the supermarkets that are not open on Sunday, which... Oh, yeah, that was the most difficult thing for me to... <laughs> Um, so for example, uh, for example, um, there was why you need to be on time because you know me, I'm Italian, I'm always late, but, uh, in Germany, they, they explained to us that if you let somebody wait for you, you are very, very unpolite because you consider your time more important than the time of the other person. And that's why people here try to be so much on time and, and they're pretty pissed off if you're not on time. And yeah, so um, you need to be very adaptable, I think. I, I, he- I hear constantly people which are living here and they repeat this sort of sentence. Um, I don't know. Yeah, German people, I like this and I like that. And um, like in a negative way, of course. And um, I, I don't understand that because I think that when you move to a new country, you need to be open to receive something new from the country, understand the local culture, and then then complaining about... Uh, I don't think even complaining. I just consider what is better for you. So I've, I've never been to the US before. Um, what, what, would, what were your... If, like, because before you moved back to the US, you've been living for a few years in Germany, right? Yeah, exactly. So you probably got used to the German culture. To the Bavarians, which is also different culture than the German culture. Okay, so what <laughs> were some things that were surprising to you culturally when you moved back to to the US when you were like, oh, I didn't remember that? Well, first, first of all, the States have always been sort of like my home. So for me, I'm an expat here at the moment, even though I also have the German citizenship and my my parents are German, I'm very much an American in a lot of aspects. So moving back to the States was more like, oh my God, finally, like people like me, awesome. So I, it was more the first time I came to Germany that I had to adapt to Germans. Like um, one example is how people greet each other. I think that's different in every in every country. I had, <laughs> I had a lot of problems with that. I have a yeah. lot of stories because I had to say hi to um, international people. And in Italy, we kiss each other. Um, apparently in Denmark, they don't even look at each other. So I, I kissed those people on the, we kiss on the cheeks. And, and that was very embarrassing for them. But go, go ahead. What yeah. was the... But I, that's one of the biggest culture things. In business, of course, you give the hand, but even in that sort of um, permeates into business. But in Germany, for example, or let me just put it a different way. I'm a huge hugger. I, I, I meet somebody and... Perfect for Corona time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much restrained at the moment. It's very difficult. But in, in the in the States, you're, you're more of a hugger. You have a little more... 
I want to, I don't want to say physical contact because it's, it, it, it gives the wrong message, but here in Germany, you have a much greater distance. And in, so I felt more at ease in America that people were immediately on a very personal level with you. Um, that's one of the things that I had to very much adapt when I was in Germany. Um, and, um, I, I'm still a hugger. Um, pre-corona, of course, <laughs> I'm still a hugger, so I didn't change that completely. But that—that's just one example. It's like how do how do you greet people, or um, what kind of t topics are taboo um, here in Germany? Different topics, for example, here in Germany, you don't talk about money, and you don't know. I, I won't say what kind of jokes you don't do in Germany. You can imagine it's about a historical period of time. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying names because a lot of platforms tend to I don't know classify your podcast as um not a i don't know like there are some names you cannot nominate in in the podcast but yeah i i got um, some for example cursing in germany super bad in italy we curse all the time and we don't consider it a big deal and we have these politically yeah. <laughs> incorrect jokes that uh, most of the people when when i say them they're like oh you didn't that's they cringe a lot yeah and that's that's one of the aspects um when you were talking before about the cliches um i'd like to come back to that because for me cliches of course have their truth somewhere but i think it's very difficult and when you move to a different country if it's for work or for pleasure or whatever even if it's on a holiday you have to be aware that it's a cliche probably that you know and and that is not Every single German isn't going to be like that or every single Italian or every single Swede or whoever. So you have to really differentiate to say, okay, I know Germans are punctual. I'm going to, you know, keep that in mind, but not let it sort of stop you or, or create a barrier. So that's, that's the wrong approach. You have to get to know people and every person is different. So I think you have to remember that when you move somewhere, don't have those cliches too much in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, and in the end of the day, as you said, every person is different. For example, I have um, this mental set I, I said before that I try to first understand the local culture before I reject it. And um, the first year I was used to live in a student dorm. So everything you needed to, to do in that student dorm regarding your room was connected with a... Uh, uh, housekeepers uh, in German they're called Hausmeister so um, that, those are like guys which are in their 50s, 60s and um, they're not very fluent in any other language than the local dialects. Well, that's a cliche too right there so <laughs> no well but that's th well that's a cliche but it was what it was and um, but I've noticed that those uh, they they seemed to me very uh, grumpy in the beginning. And I was like, well, those people are grumpy. But um, when I see grumpy people that I need to deal with them on a regular basis, I try to be still very friendly to them and try my best. And I've noticed that as soon as I started speak some German, because in the beginning I, I couldn't speak German, when they notice I'm learning and I'm improving and I'm trying to talk their language, um, they got much friendlier they got much because they feel more comfortable themselves because they can interact with me so um, i think that sometimes people tend to be very um judgeful in on the first side but sometimes even the local people need time to get to know you because you're also 
as they are new for for you, they you are new for them. Yeah, and I mean it's also it's in our biology and 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 in our how our brain works that new things we're we're going to be careful at the moment. We're going to say, okay, is this a danger? Do can I trust this person um, to not um, to not kill me or something? But it's 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 really much in our how we are we are triggered in our brains that we have to have a, a, a careful approach. And in general, if people. I mean, that's a tip for anything. If t people see that you are making an effort to try to learn the language or adapt to the culture or understand the culture, they will be more for, for forgiving for little mistakes. Like, for example, saying phrases wrong or not knowing which way is what. Or, But you really have to show them that effort. Um, I, I experience a lot of people, especially in global companies that, that I consult, experience a lot of people that come from abroad and don't make the effort to learn the language because they're sort of protected in their little company. They're protected in, in their expat community. And it really creates a barrier and it ruins the, the international experience that you could have because you're keeping it small. And I think that's very important too. You have to get out of that bubble because that's why you moved abroad in the first place. And yeah, I think you have to remember that. I think so too. And well, if we go to back to the career aspect, um, when when you came back to Germany, do you think that um, just from having an experience abroad, you were was that a plus point on your resume? If you, that that you have been um, basically you have worked in your field in, in two different countries. Definitely. You understand, um, you understand things better. I mean, I've always had, um, let's say an international bonus because I grew up abroad and we moved every two or three years. So, um, I speak, I speak different languages as well, like, like you do. So I've always had that bonus, but I did see that it, it not only makes you more interesting, but it also makes you more credible. And nowadays, no matter what field you work in, it is a field that's going to be globally connected in some way or other, some more, others um, less so, other industries. But it's always going to be important. And if you took that step to really diversify your understanding of what the industry is in different countries and what the products are and how they're sold or how they're created, it really gives you a plus point. But you have to highlight that plus point. If, if you're talking about job negotiations or, or finding a new job and you've been abroad, you have to really tell them, oh, it's where I got this and this and I learned this and this. They're not going to read it um, through the lines. You actually have to tell them how that enriched your career. Uh, I think, for example, um, my, my field of work and creativity is very, very technical. Um, so in my in my case, it was very helpful being um, basically educa educated in these two very different uh, philosophical schools, if you want to say that way. Um, so I, I have a, a good understanding of how to create um, a good concept, a good good basic design of a building. And then I have this extremely focused, constructive thinking that came from from the German culture. And then just from being in uh, in 
um, working next to people which are from so many different uh, culture than yours. And and then on top of this, when you go in a, an office in Germany for architecture, you have um, people from every possible nationality. So, for example, currently I'm working um, in a team with people that are from each member of the team is from another country and everybody have a different background so you start your horizons is much brighter and of course also you start uh, learning if you do something for a german client or for uh, an italian client or for another nationality client then you will learn that you have to be more you have to have always a different approach and be very open-minded. So I think a very positive aspect on on that, it's actually this, that you see that um, the world, it's much more, there is there are so many variations. And I think that this is also positive on a, on a social level, I think, because what I've noticed by moving around, it was that people are slightly different on... They have sort of this um, uh, shell that covers them, and they're different on the outside. And but in the core, people are very, very similar. So we have our very similar core, and I think that that's that just by simply moving around, that could be a very good. Um, it will be an improvement for your career, but I think that also on a social level, I think that the more people are exchanging of. Con, uh, cultures and and opinions um, the problems we're seeing currently uh, also with with the uh, riots in the yeah. US will be which for example I, I don't care if you're um, black yellow red or whatever skin color you have I, I just don't I'm in this generation I think we are the millennials are the first generation which is transitioning towards being uh, building well, being very multicultural. Yeah, and being a global community. I mean, for us, it started with all with the social media phenomenon. At first, the digital phenomenon, and then the social media phenomenon, going into real time communications with each other on a global scale, and that really has impacted our generation. But the generation after us, they're not going to see any boundaries anymore. The only boundary they see is not this is Italy, this is China. The boundaries that they see is. You have um, Weibo and we have WhatsApp. That's the, it's it's a platform boundary, and that's a completely different understanding of. And then we're going to be talking about platform cultures in the end, but that's a completely different topic. Um, but what you said about the the career, I want to circle back to that because one of the things that you can highlight if you do work abroad, and with work abroad, I don't mean like two months or something, and this is not an exchange, but actually do- deep dive into a different country and, the, and its culture, that you become a better team player because you understand what makes the cultures different and you understand why a, for example, East, Eastern European, um, as one example, and, and uh, um, maybe a Bulgarian um, teammate has a different view to work or to work ethic than maybe a Spanish teammate. So, and, and even bigger on an, on an um, over European scale. So, and you're a better team player and also more adaptable. And that is definitely something that you can put on your resume and in soft skills. 
Yeah, that's that's true. And um, uh, I think that um, you need to, of course, leave behind your ego about your nationality when you join an international team. And as I said, try to understand the other um, culture. But um, I, I've talked to you um, in the last few weeks and even months. Uh, you are very, very um, passionate about talking about how the world um, is going to change through pandemic. Um, there are some also interesting um, issues on your social media platforms. And I was just thinking that we are making this episode to explain what are the options when you're moving abroad. And which is currently in this moment and time, um, a very very um, hard endeavor to to accomplish because uh, there are still the economy is in a very weird situation, and we have restrictions of uh, traveling. Or I mean, I don't know which countries which kind of restrictions have, but for sure U.S., Europe, and intercontinent in like. We cannot move um, through continents currently, for sure. Um, and I was thinking about this. Is it is it possible that um, maybe in the future, what do you think? Because you've talked to us about platforms, because maybe we're suggesting people to move to move abroad. But another option I was just came up is that um, maybe people won't move anymore, but they their jobs will move on a platform and they will join. The job, for example, I was thinking, um, we have all these uh, video conference platforms, and um, do you think it's possible that um, companies are figuring out that we don't have to be physically present with each other? Which, um, on one side, of course, it's not cool because it's we're human, so we like to be together. But on the other side, companies will be like, okay, I had for now. Um, a pool of people which were in a range of let's say what is the range you can travel in a day 50 kilometers like if you work in frankfurt you can be in a radius of 50 kilometers but now with this situation do you think that um, companies might get you on board and keep you in your home i think that's really looking into a magic eight ball to be honest um I think the issue um, of work from home um, under the tag of new work has been in discussion for quite some time in the industry. And I I think it's, it's going to be a mix of both because we can do a lot digital. And um, the last few months have shown us that even people that are very, very careful on platforms and that don't really want to Skype or, or use Microsoft Teams or use a camera or do it from home or something, they, they got used to it because they had to, because that's the only way we could all do business together. But I think it's going to be really a mix of both. Because one thing that digital channels are not good at at the moment yet is the whole idea and concept of feeling like a team. And that's a very emotional aspect too. And Skyping five times a day or doing digital coffee breaks or something, it's it's not cutting it at the moment. I think the maybe the the platforms and the softwares have to evolve, but the whole thing of coming together as a collective 
to really, you know, feel each other's energy and to say, oh, okay, you're you're in a good place right now because I feel you you have, you know, you have a really, really good energy right now and you're intoxicating me and you're really pulling me and motivating me. That's very difficult on digital channels. And it's very difficult for people that are not very extroverted too. So um, I, I think it'll be a mix of both. Um, but on the other, on the upside, if you are, if we are talking about working across borders, that is one thing you can do right now is um, to work more with teammates internationally if you already have those to get on those projects because companies are really breaking down the borders between countries um, in, in their own. Um, organizations and that's one very, very positive aspect maybe well um yeah that's a good point about the whole connection um because i'm although i'm employed currently i'm thinking about on the side from uh, from the different businesses and um I think that maybe you can create a sort of team building events which happens once in a while and then Everybody comes on board on that on that uh, yeah. event. I think They, I think offices are going to become very much communal spaces in the future, or that would be my vision for them, that they are really places where people come together and not just where fifty desks are next to each other. Or another aspect of it is that uh, now that um, there is this uh, whole digitalization process in the different businesses, maybe businesses will be more open on. Um, actually having more uh, video interviews. Uh, so maybe maybe this will be um, the launch pad for a possible move abroad will be easier also by um, finding a job before you move. Like Because as you said, you moved um, first and then when you were on place, you were starting um, thinking about uh, how to set up your work well i had already decided how i'd set it up but um it's um that's why i said i'm a risk taker it's a very bold move i wouldn't suggest it for any for everybody so it, it's always easier and it's um it, it's yeah it's just easier if you have a company that's already interested in you or you work for an organization that's willing to transfer you abroad for a year it just makes it a little more streamlined for you and um, I think that's something to consider it doesn't mean that you're a wimp or that you know you're not courageous enough because you're still courageous anything that takes you out of your comfort zone takes courage so um, but if your organization can help you or if you have an interested party that's going to get you over to them that's um, that's always a good situation to be in I think um, yeah you're you're saying uh, this part of you're remembering this part of the story where you moved abroad um, without uh, yeah with this risk taking factor um, but as as you know and I don't know if the audience know that but I'm I'm the second generation of uh, immigrant let's go it this way <laughs> so uh, you have heard some crazy stories of my family how they moved abroad it's probably why we why we uh, <laughs> tuned in so well yeah yeah but crazy. yeah um, basically my dad was moved abroad uh, he well so as I said I'm from Bulgaria so um, the, that was the 30 years ago there was another 
uh, shake in the world, not on the uh, health, no, not on a health level, but on a political level. So my dad left with just just with a few bucks in the pocket and uh, uh, basically a small luggage, and then uh, my mom followed him by running out away from home without the communications we have today so um so you have this possibility to move abroad being going very crazy and take <laughs> the first uh, train or plane you could um there is the less um risk taking situation where uh, as you did you can go to uh friends or if you have some family you can um ask them for a little time to did actually the friends you went to did they like um do you think they had did you set up yourself a, t- a time limit to leave their house or did they tell you yeah you can stay for a few weeks like did they kind of give you a deadline no no but that's again a cultural thing and Obviously, you have to talk about it beforehand. Um, you can't just crash on someone's couch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people plan rude. plan to leave their couch, not to stay on. Yeah, the couch. yeah please do. <laughs> um, well, it was actually actually pretty funny. I'm I'm of the quick sort. I I came and and they um, they took me into their family, which was awesome. In the first four weeks, and after four weeks, I had already found an apartment and was set up and was already had already registered the business. And they were actually mad <laughs> that I left after four weeks. Yeah, and and <laughs> how how is for example, this is another aspect that people don't think about um, because, for example, in Italy, when you're looking for a place, um, of course, you need to pay this uh, caution, which is about three months or two months or whatever. Yeah, something deposit, around this. you mean yeah the deposit yeah, yeah. and um, and another cultural difference for example I've noticed in Germany you don't get your you don't get a refurbished flat you get usually an empty flat that has uh, maybe the kitchen and sometimes you need even to buy the kitchen from from who was there before you or from the from the landlord and um yeah so um how was in the u.s that situation so in general people should get informed about how is the cultural rental or buying situation yeah um definitely so so germany yes is is very much more cost intense let's just put it that way um in america it's very much easier because um the americans um you you kind of have to understand what the how the system works and the culture works america is a culture is a country that welcomes debt <laughs> so a lot of things are set up to give you credit so you get into debt um which isn't very positive naturally but the 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 upside is you can find an apartment really fast because even though you've maybe only been in the country a few weeks like i'm an american citizen so for me it was a little easier but even if you're from outside of the country and you only have a visa they're very happy to take your money and you know to give you an apartment compared to germany you have if you have to have like three paychecks and you have to have the the deposit which is usually three months rent and this and that and americans are just like Oh, you just got here. No problem. Here's a flat, and I don't need to see your see your pay stub. I mean, if you can't pay, you're on the street within four weeks. Yeah, and so you really have to. 
be careful with scam <laughs> because that into consideration that too yeah. yeah because when i was moving in germany um i didn't know how much the university will take care of uh, finding for me a place so I started looking for shared flat rooms and I got a bunch of these messages. Um, oh, yeah, you can have the room. You, I don't need to meet you. Just transfer me 3,000 euros and um, I'll leave the key in under whatever, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So don't believe to those bullshit. Yes, because, do um, your research. And I think that's one of the most important things um, that that you can do in preparing. Do your research. Research in terms of how will you live there? How do you pay it? Um, what is the What are the employment options? What do you even need to get employment? That is one of the biggest um biggest um, pitfalls some people forget to consider do i need a special visa and if i have all the documentation what are organizations looking for maybe they don't want somebody from outside or they need somebody who has a spokesperson within the country those are all things you have to consider and you really have to do your research really really well i mean in general if we would give a rule of thumb before moving abroad you should at least plan in six months preparation yeah, that's that's a good um, advice. I well, as I said, for me it was a little different because the planning um, it's a little different. But you still need to gather a lot of um, uh, you need to do a lot of email work with the different universities. Yeah. Um, you need to do a lot of uh, research with local students or students that already have been there. Um, so yeah, maybe this will be um, another series of um, of podcasts where people that have been in Erasmus will uh, maybe explain better uh, how they manage to join the program. And also like there are a lot of uh, exchange programs between the US and Europe or China and Europe, Korea and Europe. I've met people from everywhere here. So um, I'm, I'm sure that if you look for, for a program, you'll find, you'll find one in, I don't know, maybe soon they will be active again, I guess, because, yeah, it's it's uh, strange times. But I'm sure that um, it will be after after this whole situation, there will be a lot of opportunities for people and um, and then there will be more opportunities to move to, to move around the world. Um, so let's we're we're almost getting to an hour and people currently it's uh, 8 in the evening so we are kind of hungry so we want to go eat something too because it's a weekday and uh, we are finally recording the magic 7th episode of the Creative Insider um, so for a conclusion could you could you think about um, maybe 2 or 3 um, smart how did you call your tips the quickest Something, well, some, <laughs> some, 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 uh, yeah, Daisy really likes pervert language. Um, give us a couple of, I don't know, two, three, four, whatever comes to your mind. Uh, quickies to move abroad. Okay. Um, sure. So off the top of my head, the first one would be know why you're moving abroad. Why are you doing it? Do you want to just do a vacation? Are you planning on doing a hermit's life? Do you actually want to advance your careers? All of those are good reasons, but you have to know what your goal is by moving abroad. Do you want to get away from a country that you don't like to maybe reappreciate that country in five years? So I think that's the most important first step because that 
lays the groundwork for all your further decisions. I think the second tip would be to just stay open and to have the courage to actually do it when you do decide to do it and to have the courage to face your friends and family who are going to miss you a lot and who will, maybe some of them will be mad at you. So you have to have the courage to, to, to work um, through that and stand through that. And um, I don't know, a last tip, maybe a practical tip to the end, get a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Because if we are talking um, about working abroad too and, um, and finding an organization or a company that can get, help you get there, then LinkedIn is the international network for business people. And you can really start building connections through that so that you don't go to a country and have no clue what's going on because your research only gave you spam articles because you never know until you really get there and stand in front of the door. And um, you can be part of, you can get into international communities or, or go into expat communities as well. But I think LinkedIn, especially for professionals, young professionals, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, is a great way to start connecting within your industry across company borders. And it's a platform that every single country uses very much, maybe except China. They have a different platform, but <laughs> um, well, going to China will be a different Well, I don't know. Well, currently it's pretty soon to talk about um, uh, moving to China. We'll we'll try to get someone that's been in China also on the podcast so they can tell more us about... Yeah, they have different regulations there. That's why it's different. Not because of um, COVID, but because Chinese um, business culture works completely differently again. So. Uh, well, I can try to give my tips. You are... You were, as always, you are between us the more um, on the emotional side. I'll be very, very technical. So people, before you move abroad, um, check what is the tax situation in the moment you start working abroad. Um, check out what is your health insurance situation before you move abroad. And check out if you can have a very, for example, in Germany, there are those very, very low cost um, insurance in case of uh you cause some damages um, to third yeah, to yeah. their people, so um, yeah. you can invest a little time on that that few points, and you'll be um, in a big um, advantage. Can I actually add two? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> um, I have two more actually. Um, if you are a professional moving abroad, inform yourself how much people are paid in that country. That is very important because tax because taxes are different, payment is going to be different and benefits are going to be different. So don't forget that. And and um, one one further one as well. Um, try to get like certificates or recommendations beforehand, even from your bank. You know, I went to the states and I knew I was coming from from Germany, and I I wrote my bank in German. I was like, could you tell them? my credit worthiness in a letter. And I went with that letter to, to the States because credit worthiness and credit score is super important there and in any country. So get a few recommendations from, from a bank and from, from employers and everything. That's, that's very helpful to have too. Yeah. And last final, I'll add to, if you're already a member on any board of some architecture design or whatever, um, check out uh, what are you allowed to be, What is your title in that country if you're allowed to practice it on your own and things like this you can check in 
beforehand. So that was uh, 10 tips. Wow. Yeah, that's we a have bargain. 10 tips. <laughs> well, we, as uh, always, hope it's helpful for the people who are listening to give them um, uh, some overview about these um, different topics that um, on first hand seems obvious, but then people are like, oh, no, that wasn't that obvious. So we're wrapping it up. Uh, thank you for coming. I, I hope that as um, my wise partner, you can uh, join me um, on further episodes where we can discuss other topics I know you're very um, deep into. And before we're going to close the podcast, do you want to tell people where they can find you? What are you doing yeah, um, so obviously on LinkedIn, because I mentioned it, um, under um, Desiree Bambinick. Um, but I think you're going to link them in the description anyway. And I'm also on Instagram, brand.bambi. That's me, brand Bambi. And um, yeah, and if you're into um, checking out websites, it's DesireeBambinick.com. So yeah, people follow follow Desiree because you can find very interesting um insights on her profiles and of course keep supporting the podcast by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to uh, share it with everybody you think might like it um, or force people that don't like it I don't care just listen to the <laughs> podcast <laughs> is it actually is it actually possible to like get uh, questions or feedback from you guys um from, from you yeah. listeners if you have any questions or anything maybe they can email them to you that would be well they can always text me on the usual social media yeah, channels which cool. are instagram it's always at tci podcast facebook page the creative insider linkedin page the creative insider and thank you again for listening and don't worry the next episode is coming on monday there will be a very cool interview um i'm not revealing the guest but will be also very international so um i'll be happy if you could join me again on monday and yeah so bye that was it for today bye guys stay safe